0: Well, welcome to LifePoint today. Thank you so much for being here and sharing part of your day with us. If you're here for the first time, I especially want to say good morning and welcome you. Thank you for coming, checking out our church. We would love to meet you after the service. Just come down front, say hello, and introduce yourself. Well, we're in a brand new series today called Believable. And what we're going to be talking about are things that all of us believe, but they aren't true. I remember when I was about, probably about 10 years old, my uncle and I were in the front yard passing a Frisbee back and forth, and I thought he was really good at it. I was admiring his Frisbee skills, and you know, I was having to struggle to catch it and throw it, and he seemed to do it perfectly. And I said, Uncle Webb, how how are you so good at that? And he said, son, I invented the Frisbee. (laughs) I told my friends, my uncle invented the Frisbee. One of you know, my uncle invented that. I was 18 years old. My mother overheard me say that, and she said, Donnie, he he was just messing with you. He didn't invent the Frisbee. And my world was just crushed. I was like, I've told dozens of friends that my uncle invented the Frisbee. So for years, I believed something with all my heart, but it wasn't true. All of us have things like that in our life that we believe that aren't true. How many of your mothers told you, don't swallow your gum, it takes seven years to digest that out of your body? Who's heard that? Tell the truth. It's not true. It just goes right through. You know what I'm saying? That's it. It doesn't stay in there for seven years. Or have you ever heard, hey, cracking your knuckles, that'll give you arthritis. Have you heard that? Not true. But you've probably repeated that when you've heard somebody do that annoying knuckle crack. I think I... Oh, look at that. Right, it'll give you arthritis. How about this one? Lightning never strikes in the same place twice. Now, it rarely strikes the same person twice because the first one will kill you. But it's untrue that lightning never strikes in the same place twice. Ostriches bury their heads when they're afraid. That's not true. Ostriches eat dirt and sand, but they don't do it because they're afraid. They do it to help with digestion, get a little fiber in there. When our girls were little and I would suspect they weren't telling me the truth over, you know, they were just toddlers and really young and I would suspect it. They would come up to me and I would feel their heads. Hmm. Your head's warm, honey. Uh, I'm sorry, dad. You know, and they thought that I had this special power. They know I don't now. But, but I let them believe that because if I suspected, I would just feel their head. And, yep, it's warm. You better tell me the truth. And yeah, I don't know how old they were when they stopped believing that. But I lied to my children. We all have things that we believe that aren't true. Some serious things that we might believe that aren't true. Some things that might sound reasonable, but it's just not true because we hear it over and over again so much that we start to believe it. Things like, God just wants me to be happy. I know that's what God wants for me. You can be anything you want to be. Or, hey, in our world, there's so many religions, there's more than one way to get to God. You should never judge now, if all that starts rocking your world, like, what's he you mean those are lies? Those are lies that we find ourselves believing. And we hear it over and over and over again, and many other ones that we're going to talk about where we start to believe it. Those things I just said, they sound believable. God just wants me to be happy. Well, that sounds reasonable. You can be anything you want to be. Just follow your heart. That all sounds good. It all sounds reasonable, but it's not true, and that's what we're going to be talking about Over the next several weeks, and when it comes to truth, there's, there's primarily, in this room, there's three groups of people. There are those of you who grew up in church, and mom and dad taught you the Bible from a very young age, and you just believe truth is truth. Mom said it, her mom said it, her mom, her her dad, all the way, way, way back. People said it, people believed it, and we grew up in a house that believed truth. And so when I talk about truth, you think, well, yeah, I I know the difference in truth and a lie, and I. Well, so some of you are there, you, you're already there, you understand, and you can look at culture and understand, well, that's not true, and, and, and I've been believing this lie. So some of us who grew up in a home where we learned the truth, where they held up the Bible to us and said, truth is in here, there's truth in here, and we believed it, maybe you don't struggle with truth, but I don't think that's the majority of people. Because there's another group of people that look at truth and say, well, truth is kind of relative. It kind of just applies to the person and situation by situation. There are people in this room like that, that you believe, you're in a group of people that you believe, well, truth is kind of like, it changes. It's what's true might change. And you didn't grow up that way. I mean, you didn't grow up learning that truth was truth. He didn't grow up learning that truth was absolute and truth never changes, and truth is what guides us through life. In fact, there's a whole generation, almost two generations of people on the earth now, that don't believe that there, and that were never taught that there's absolute truth. And then there's a third group of people who says, "Well, I'm not really sure. That's why I'm here. What I want to know is there something true in life? Is there something true I can follow?" And so we have to understand when we talk about truth, it's not just a given that everybody believes that there's absolute truth, because some people have never been taught that. Maybe you don't even have that frame of reference that many of us got growing up. And then some of you, maybe in group three, you're just like, well, I'm not really sure. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. So no matter what group you're in, no matter what you believe about truth, whether you've always had it, whether you've never been taught what ultimate truth is, or whether you're unsure about it, we all agree, no matter what, where we are on the spectrum, we can all agree that we enjoy having standards outside of ourselves that determine our conduct, our activity. I'm, I am happy with the fact that we have all agreed we're going to drive on the right-hand side of the road made the trip here a lot easier and less confusing. I thank God that we've all agreed we're going to cover our bodies with clothing before we get out of the house. When you got your driver's license, you read a book and you agreed to the rules and you took a test and now here you are. We agree that there's a standard that we go to the restroom only in designated places. So we have the ability to agree on a standard outside of ourselves and we can all understand no matter what we believe about truth, that there are standards outside of ourselves that makes the world make a lot more sense. And so no matter where you are with truth, you need to understand that even way back in Jesus's day, people struggled with, well, what is true? Who determines that? Where does it come from? There's an episode in the life of Jesus right when he gets arrested and he's before the Roman governor. And the Roman governor named Pilate really didn't want to crucify Jesus. But the Jews brought him to the Romans and said, you know, crucify this guy. He's a criminal. He's, you know, he's a heretic. And the, 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 the governor of Rome was trying not to do that. And so he has conversations with Jesus. We're going to look at that conversation today. There's some Bibles coming in the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. It's your gift. If you'd like a Bible, you can take one of those. You can also read along on the screen as I read some sections from the Bible today. In John chapter 18, verse 37, Jesus is before Pilate, and here's what happens. He says, You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then Pilate follows that up and says, well, what is truth? He wanted to know. Well, what is it? He would have been probably in group three. Well, I'm not sure what truth is. So Jesus, you seem to know something about it, so why don't you tell me? Tell me so I can believe. And on some level, that's why every one of you are here. You're hoping that you come in here today and you get something that's going to help you with something. That's going to change an action. That's going to change a belief. That's going to change something in a relationship. That's going to change something in your world outside of this hour that we spend in here together singing and, and listening to somebody teach. And, and hopefully having community with God while we're, while we're here together. Hopefully you came here wanting to get something. And that's what Pilate was asking Jesus. Hey, tell me what truth is. And here's why it's important. Because what Pilate is talking about is, tell me what to believe. I want to know what to believe. And in a world, in a culture that says, oh, what you believe really doesn't matter, just go deep down inside and find it and follow that and you'll be okay. Here's why it matters what you believe. Because what I believe determines how I behave. My behavior is based on my beliefs. My behavior is shaped by, on the outside, what I believe on the inside. So if you really believe, if you're a follower of Christ, and when you come to Christ and you follow him, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. That should determine how you treat your body, what you do with it. Because you're a follower of Christ, his spirit lives in you. So that belief, if you really believe that, that belief should determine how you behave. So beliefs are really important. Husbands, the, the, God says for you to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Husbands and wives, it says to submit to each other because of Christ. If you believe that, it's going to determine how you behave in your marriage. It's going to t- determine how you behave in your dating relationships if you believe that. So my belief determines my behavior. Now that sounds simple. Oh yeah, my belief determines my behavior. That's perfect. But what happens? We're all make, we all make mistakes, right? We all mess up. We all do things against our beliefs that we know are wrong, that we shouldn't do. We all do that. We all make those mistakes. And why is that? It's because for there to be truth and for us to know truth Guess what else has to exist? Lies. You wouldn't know there was darkness unless you saw light or the other way around. So how would you know what truth is unless there was something opposed to truth, which is lies? And so God, who sent Jesus, and Jesus said, look, I'm truth. I came to testify to truth. There's also another force operating in our world called by many names in Scripture, Satan, the evil one, Lucifer, the devil, the serpent, all those represent lies and evil. In fact, in Scripture, here's what it says in the book of John chapter 8. The devil was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So Jesus came, represent truth. The devil came to be the father of lies. So both of those are in front of us. And our decision is, where am I going to go for security? Where am I going to go to determine what I believe? Because there are these two forces against each other fighting for our very souls. And so there's truth and then there's lies. And Satan is the father of God actually calls Satan a roaring lion, looking for somebody to devour. Now, how does a lion hunt? You've seen the shows, right? You watch the History Channel, right? And you've seen the lion or the lioness, little gazelle out there just having some lunch on the prairie. And the lion is just kind of creeping through the grass. And most of the time, by the time the prey knows that it's being caught, or it's being chased, what happens? It's lunchtime, and it's the main course. It doesn't see it coming, because if the gazelle knew, hey, there's a lion there that's going to get me, I'm not going there. I'm going to go the other way. But it's not that easy. So a lion doesn't put himself out there in the open, and neither does Satan. See, he's in charge of lies, and so the best way... To get people to believe lies is to make them sound like the truth. If a lie sounds like a lie, no intelligent person would go, oh, that's what I want. But if it sounds like the truth, now that's a different story. Have you ever seen a counterfeit bill? Chances are, unless unless you're expertly trained, you wouldn't know it. One may pass through your hands and you never know it. Why? Because it looks so real. It feels real, and, and, and you, could, you could be holding one in your wallet right now, and because it's so real, you wouldn't know it. Somebody gave me a watch one time, and I knew it was fake. They told me it was fake, but it looked like a Rolex, and you couldn't tell. You really couldn't tell. I never wore it. I was like, oh, thanks, a fake Rolex. I appreciate that, but it looked real. I'd never seen a real one, never held a real one, so it looked like a Rolex to me. So the best way to get people to believe a lie is not to make it look like a lie, but to make it look like the truth. And that's what we're going to be addressing in all of the messages in this series. In Romans chapter one, listen to this. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So it's saying God's upset. When people know the truth, but suppress it by their evil ways. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they traded, he's talking about this group of people, who chose to hear the truth and then say, nope, we don't want that, we want the lie. They were suppressing it. Wise people became fools and exchanged the truth of God for lies. Probably Believable lies that sounded good, felt good, looked good, just wasn't true. Now that's very common in our culture. We are gullible people, and throughout the generations, we have believed quite a few lies. In fact, your grandparents probably believed this. Look at this ad from the 1920s. "For a better start in life, start Cola earlier!" And listen to that fine print. Listen to what it says: How soon is too soon? Not soon enough, laboratory tests over the last few years have proven that babies who start drinking soda during the early formative period have a much higher chance of gaining acceptance and fitting in during those awkward preteen and teen years. This is real, okay? So do yourself a favor. Do your child a favor. Start them on a strict regimen of soda and other sugary carbonated beverages right now for a lifetime of guaranteed happiness. It boosts personality. It promotes an active lifestyle. Of course it does. It's caffeine and sugar. Of course, it's going to boost their little personality and promote an active lifestyle. But people believe that. You were, if you were in a doctor's office going through a magazine, oh, honey, stop and get some cola on the way home. we got to give that to the baby. We were good parents. We laugh at that now. That's funny, but that looked believable. And people follow it. Look at this next one. Check this out. Face the facts. Reach for lucky instead. See the fat guy in the shadows? Smoke Lucky Strike and look what you're going to look like. And it's not only that, it's toasted. Your throat protection against irritation, against cough. That's what they believed. Look at the next one. Before you scold me, Mom, maybe you better light up a Marlboro. <laughs> Gee, Mommy, you sure enjoy your Marlboro. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. So we laugh and think, well, we're too intelligent. We're not going to believe lies. We're too smart for that. Really, are we? Now, we can look at this now because we know what all the research says, and we know what what all this causes. But then they didn't know that. Somebody came out, and all they wanted to do was not make people healthier, was sell stuff. So let's sell stuff. Let's get people on this. It's going to be good. And so somebody figured out, this is healthy let's tell people it's healthy, we'll sell more of it. And it worked for quite a long time. So can we believe something that sounds true and looks true but is actually a lie? Yes. We've done it before. I believe we're doing it now. And we'll do it in the future unless we understand what truth really is. Satan has two big weapons against truth. The first one is relativism. And that's the assumption there's no such thing as absolute truth. That truth evolves, that it changes, that it's not constant. What used to be true isn't true any longer. And if you believe that, your belief system says, well, things are just different today. What used to be true, that's just not true anymore. And so what happens is this true idea at some point meets this oppositional lie and they come together and they form what is known as a new truth. we discovered something new that we never knew before. Just think about the way marriage was viewed a generation ago or a couple generations ago. Well, divorce was never even on the table as an option. I can remember 10 years old, my parents divorced. I was the only kid in my class that had divorced parents. The Only one. Only one. And now, 30-some years later, there's a, probably a lot of classes where the, there's only one kid with married parents. It's all changed. Why did that change? Because somewhere, the idea that God has this, this plan for marriage changed. And somebody said, well, that's not good enough anymore. And people ended up getting married that shouldn't get married. And people ended up doing things that broke the marriage covenant. And so then divorce came into the picture. And now it's like, you know what? Let's just have a sexual revolution in the 60s. Let's just do it with everybody, every place, anytime we can. So now, why would you get married to have sex? That's ridiculous. Got to try it out first. You can't just wait till you're married. I mean, that's a very common belief and practice. Because there was this idea that God had for marriage. And then the culture said, no, 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 we want this. And so that comes together and it creates something else that's relative to the day in which we live. That is an enemy of truth. The other enemy is subjectivism. Subjectivism says that I, the subject, have the right to determine what's right and wrong without submitting judgment or to any submitting my judgment to any authority outside myself in other words if it feels good if it makes me happy if I'm sincere and I don't hurt anybody else it must be true now this is really a prevalent thought now hasn't it created such a great and peaceful and united world isn't our world just a great place right now because everybody gets to decide what's true for them we know that's not the case when you base the standard on how you feel, then you can go anywhere you want to go. You can do anything you want to do and say, well, this is true because it's true for me. Bottom line, rel- uh, subjectivism says if I feel it, it must be true. If it makes me happy, it must be true. If I just follow my heart, it's just going to take me to the right place. All those sound true, sounds believable, but they're all lies. You can't be the source of truth. What if you decided that you didn't believe in gravity anymore? I just don't believe in that junk. It's ridiculous. I don't have to subject myself to gravity. Yes, you do. (laughs) Jump off a building and see what happens. You can believe with all your heart, I am not subjective to gravity anymore. Because I don't believe it. Changes nothing about gravity because you don't believe it. It still exists. It's still there. You may think, I'll never get addicted, it's uh, not going to happen. I know, I can do this and not get addicted, of course not. We can do this and not get in trouble, of course not. That's not true. Addiction destroys. It messes up lives. No matter how much you think you're not, it still destroys lives. And those are the biggest guns in the devil's fight against truth. Relativism and subjectivism. Now, some of you grew up in church, and you're like, yeah, of course I believe that. Of course I do. I get it. But there's a reality in our world that maybe even in this room, half the people would subscribe to two of those weapons. Well, let them determine what's true for them, because we love them. and and Just just let them determine what's true. Let, Let this group determine or that. Just let anybody that wants to determine what's true for them. And while everybody's got the freedom to do that, it doesn't make it true. So many are moving that way. And maybe you get a little tense when I start talking about absolute truth. Here's why. Here's why I think people get tense when we start talking about absolutes. That's right. That's wrong. This is why people get tense. Because you start to think, okay, that's pretty arrogant to say that's right and that's wrong. For everybody else. Only they can determine that. So when I say that's right, that's wrong, you might be thinking, especially if you're in group two or three, you might be thinking, Well, that's, that's that's pretty arrogant. In fact, Donnie, that's dangerous for somebody to do that. And you you have a lot of reason to believe that if you believe that when people start talking about black and white. It's true or it's not true. You have a right to get tense about that because so many people have proclaimed truth in such hateful ways that those of us who believe what truth is and know the source of truth have lost a lot of credibility to speak truth because so many people who believe truth speak it in such hateful ways. Who would want to listen? If you ever heard somebody speak truth in a really hateful way, it has almost no impact. Every time on the news, when I see it, and and almost every time that somebody has the name pastor or Christian over their title and they're being interviewed, I think, oh my gosh, what an idiot. Like, why would you choose that person? Why would you do that? Because they speak the truth in a hateful, rejecting way. So back to Pilate's original question, what is truth? And here is the bottom line for today in this whole series. Truth is not just a what, but a who. Truth is not just a philosophy, an idea, or a statement. It's a person. It's a person. Jesus was constantly questioned while he was on earth. One of those times he was asked, Who are you? What are you all about? And he responded in John 14 with this. I am the way, I'm the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except Through me. He's saying, I am the truth, period. In John chapter 1, one of Jesus' followers who wrote down an account of Jesus' life starts it out like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and say it with me. Truth, grace and truth. The reason Jesus is so life-changing is because he's full of grace and truth. And here's why that's important. Grace gives me the forgiveness. Grace gives me the understanding that no matter what I've done, no matter what mistakes I've made, no matter how bad I've messed up, Jesus said, you're still mine. I still accept you truth says stop doing what you're doing and change your life that's what truth says and Jesus has this perfect balance of both of those he has a hundred percent of each grace communicates truth in a way that draws people to it and it doesn't repel people so if you hear truth communicated in a way that doesn't do it with grace you're not hearing the full story so truth has to be communicated with grace. And if you grew up believing truth and you think you're solid on what you believe, just know that a lot of people who wear the name Christian would do well to learn that grace and truth go hand in hand. Truth is not a what, just a what, but a who. Ultimately, truth leads me towards a person. And when I'm led towards that person, Jesus, it determines how I behave. So if you believe in truth, it determines the way you treat others. It determines the kind of husband or wife or student or boss or employee or employer that you are. Truth is not winning an argument, not stating your case. It's pointing people towards Jesus. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some things that sound really true, that you may be living by, but in reality, they're lies. And it's important to know that because you know what you and I need? We need freedom. Not freedom to do what we want, anything we want, but freedom from believing lies, freedom from our mistakes. Here, here's what Jesus says. Here's what Jesus says about himself. This is not on the screen. Just listen. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm just going to guess that a lot of you are looking for freedom. Maybe you're looking for financial freedom. Maybe you've been working really hard so you can have vocational freedom. Maybe you need freedom from a, a past mistake or a bad relationship or just freedom from all the things you've done that you know you shouldn't have done, or freedom from depression, just freedom. Well, there's a source that you can go to to get that freedom, and it's the truth. And it's a person, Jesus, and He promises He will set us free. The most dangerous lies are the ones that we never see. And I hope you come back for the rest of this series as we talk about these dangerous lies that lead us away from the truth, even though they sound so good.